thank you for inviting me to be a part of this today. You might be surprised that my faith and my work are go hand in hand. What kind of a world are we living in? And that's why I say, are you fighting a losing battle? Am I fighting a losing yeah. battle? No, because we have the best weapon going. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's right. It's got to be our own faith that sustains us. And, um, uh, you know, if, as long as we stay focused on Jesus Christ and continually call others back, as people of faith, we have got to be focused on Christ. Yeah, um, I mean, I, 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 I love being a priest. Uh, I've been a priest for 38 years. I'll tell you, uh, and, uh, and I say this uh, humbly, I start my day with an hour of prayer. And, uh, and it's as soon as I wake up, because if I do it or try to do it when I'm over at the university, there's too many distractions, too many interruptions, things like that. But I start by uh, uh, reflecting on the scripture readings for that day and then trying to ask the Lord, what does that mean to me? Uh, those scripture readings, and then how can I articulate that for the community of faith that I'm going to be preaching to uh, that day? And then, uh, you know, priests take a promise to say the divine office, and so then I say my office, and then I spend some time in quiet prayer, reflective prayer, meditation sometimes, um, a variety of things, and sometimes just taking my restlessness if I'm feeling distracted and putting that in front of the Lord too. Um, so that's how I begin my day. If, if I didn't do that, if I weren't grounded in that, then, I mean, it, nothing else would make sense. And does God make himself known to you? Oh, absolutely. And most importantly, when I say mass, you know, and that's, we've got to always keep that in mind. As Catholics, the central summit, the source and summit of the church's life is at the Eucharist. And so I'm privileged to be able to say one or two Masses every day, and, and that's what gives me the most uh, nourishment that I need. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, <clears throat> and as Jeff said, I've been the director of the uh, Newman Center at the University of Illinois at Chicago for the past 26 years. I tell the students that, given my age now, they don't have to call me father anymore, they can call me grandfather. <laughs> I was there, I've been there longer than they've been alive, most of them. UIC is a great place, and I, as a priest, have the best assignment in the diocese. I get an opportunity to work with the young, and that's my life day in and day out, and has been through the extent of my priesthood. And to work with the young is challenging, rewarding, sometimes surprising, always very uh, fulfilling. At UIC, we have 30,000 students now, and of the 30,000, 60% of them self-identify as Catholic. Now, that doesn't mean they all go to church, unfortunately, but it does mean that we have a great opportunity to intersect with them in their times of uh, uh, young adulthood and, uh, and studies. My work is um, fundamentally twofold. One is uh, I'm the pastor of the student parish that we have there, the Newman Center, 
And so I, I take care of the pastoral needs. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have two other uh, associate priests with me and another part-time priest. We have a couple of lay campus ministers. We have a seminary deacon. Uh, we have a religious sister and, uh, and some interns from Catholic Theological Union. And together, we uh, take care of the pastoral needs of the students. So there are students that come in all the time to the Newman Center. We have a great location right in the middle of the campus. And um, students come in for a variety of things. We have three daily masses, and we get a number of students at the daily masses. We have confessions, adoration, retreats, Bible studies, faith sharing groups, the social service, social justice activities, uh, alternative break trips, uh, a lot of the things that you would think uh, a Newman Center uh, would have. And there are about 242 Newman Centers at the non-Catholic universities around the country. But we also have an educational component because we work in the uh, tenets of higher education. We also feel that it's important that we uh, engage the university and our students in an educational endeavor. And a lot of people are surprised at that. So one of the things we did is uh, about uh, 15 years ago, we pursued a grant to endow a chair in Catholic Studies at UIC. So that means uh, that every semester at least two courses are offered for graduation credit at the university. And just last year we were able to, be by cross-listing courses, we were able to, uh, the university now offers a minor in Catholic Studies. My goal is eventually that we'll have a major in Catholic Studies there. So if any of you have a million or two to throw around, <laughs> you can see me. Um, and then we also started an institute uh, 20 years ago called the Integritas Institute for Ethics. And we have two branches to that. One is uh, in biomedical ethics and the other is in business ethics. UIC has the largest medical school in the United States and we uh, graduate the largest number of minority doctors in the United States. And so because of that, we felt it was important that we would come to the table with the Catholic point of view on biomedical in, uh, uh, interests and at least be able to articulate uh, in a credible way the church's teaching on so many developments in the healthcare field and in research. And so we have lectures uh, once a month in the colleges of medicine, uh, public health, and nursing. And uh, we're going to start this year, too, in College of Dentistry on uh, biomedical uh, ethical issues. Then we also work with the College of Business Administration and do the same thing, uh, monthly lectures in the College of Business Administration and business ethics. And I think that's lot what we're about here tonight and I applaud that. It's very good uh, to have that as part of the discussion. So those programs, so we have about maybe uh, 17,000 Catholic students at the university. Last year we touched maybe two or three thousand uh, in one or the other of our programs. And so we have a lot before us uh, and God has blessed us with good staff, with good people uh, who are campus ministers, good priests, and hopefully we will continue to reach out to others uh, beyond. And um, it's uh, helped us 
to foster vocations to the priesthood and the religious life. And we've had um, uh, a man ordained to the priesthood every year for the last five or six years. We have eight in the seminaries uh, for religious orders or for the archdiocese. We have four women enter the convent um, from uh, the Newman Center. And so we're very happy that God has blessed us. Now, what are some of the challenges? Well, you know, <clears throat> the university reflects the society. And uh, because it reflects the society, it has some of the strains and stresses that we experience in the larger society. And some of those things are the uh, disintegration of the family that uh, as the family system has disintegrated over the last 40 or 50 years, the impact of that is being felt on the young people that we work with. Often young people come to us and they don't have a sense of family, community, uh, of a connectedness. Coupled with that is that are the challenges of technology that uh, because so much is done on uh, social media or through the internet, young people today have a hard time making relationships with each other or with others beyond them. While we take them on service projects to the poor and the needy, it's a way to expose them in a very basic human level to those that they come in contact with. And I feel that that's very important for them to experience that. Um, reflecting also the culture, I think, is the distortion of sexuality and um, the uh, culture that we live in, as we all know, is over-sexualized and so young people are very uh, confused by that and give in to urges uh, without much thought in terms of value and principles that should guide what our urges are. So again, what we try to do is to educate on good, healthy sexuality, especially that's articulated by Pope John Paul II's uh, vision of theology on, uh, of the body. I think um, another thing that, that we find challenges with is um, depression. Uh, one article says that uh, in research about 30 percent of all college students are clinically depressed and that's, there's all kinds of reasons for that, uh, but part of it is the pressure that higher education and the culture puts on them. And, um, and often they anesthetize that depression through the use of alcohol, drugs, pornography, or any other uh, different addiction. There is signs of hope. Uh, young people, as they always were, I think, are generous. Young people are responsive if we reach out to them in a welcoming attitude. Young people, especially in their years in higher education, are thought-provoked. And so I think as we articulate the church's teachings to them, it makes them think about, although often question, why the church believes and teaches what she does believe and teach. So. I, I find it to be a very uh, good place for the church to be. As a matter of fact, I think, I think it's essential that the church is in higher education and that Newman Centers and campus ministry uh, departments in the universities are ones that should flourish uh, because of always being welcoming. We are the arm of the church to the young adults today. 
I think we will see that the young still will bring the transformative love of Christ to those uh, that they come in contact with as they enter into adulthood. Jesus was always in relationship with somebody. You know, he met the woman at the well. He met, you know, Peter's mother-in-law who was sick with fever. Um, you know, and we've got to use that as a model, and that's what I always suggest to the students. Don't judge. Talk. You know, converse with each other. And, and by doing so, I think persuasiveness can be the best way to attain common value than through judgmentalness, rather than judgmentalness. Father Marshall, how did you first get involved in this type of, this type of ministry to young people on, on campus? It actually started when I was a young priest, uh, a newly ordained priest. They asked us what we wanted to do uh, or not do in our, in our parish, our first assignment. And there were two things I didn't want to do as a young priest. One is work with teenagers, and secondly, do religious education for teenagers. The first night I was in the rectory, my pastor said to me, I want you to start a youth group, and I want you to form a religious education program. God has a great sense of humor. So I went around, we had a parish carnival going on at the time, and I went around and went up to 12 young people. And I says, would you join me at the rectory to see if we could put together some kind of teen club? Within a month, we had 441 kids in that teen club. And looking back, at the time I didn't know, but looking back, that's how I got into the, working with the young. And my priesthood has really just been with the young by and large. I've been very